Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. Two author interviews, five book reviews. How are you all doing? Are you okay? Well, today's saga, well, it's been more than a day's saga, really. It all started with some some significant quantities of spiders coming in the house and the kids being entirely on board with that. So my mother told me that she'd heard that the best way to get rid or to not even have spiders enter in the first place was to have a bowl of conkers in the room. So I was like, this is absolutely fine. I will be on the lookout for conkers. Went walking on Saturday, found conkers, thought, well, I need two big bowls because we definitely don't want any spiders. I don't want it to be said that it was because I didn't get enough conkers, the reason why we still got spiders. So it's fair to say that I collected a number of conkers to the point where I had these big pockets in my raincoat and they were just stuffed full of conkers. And I was trying to keep walking back to the car. It was so hard because of the weight. I never knew conkers were that heavy. Turns out they are when you've collected literally thousands of the things. Anyway, get home, triumphant. Look, my family, I've saved you from spider infestation. Bowls of conkers, bowls of conkers go in the room. And I think it was within half an hour of them going to bed that there was a scream in one room. And I went in and there is a spider... I'm looking at my hand. Yeah, I would say just slightly bigger than my hand. And I don't mean one of those little spiders with a tiny body and really long legs. No, we're talking like tarantula. I I could, I could see, it was looking at me. I could read its thoughts. There weren't good thoughts. So, so there was that. And I just thought, well, I'm sure that's just bad luck. Then an hour later, older child screamed a similar a slightly smaller but very similar spider had emerged in that room as well so now they have put the bowls of conkers outside their rooms because they're saying that's encouraging the spiders i phoned up my mother to say well i don't know where you got this from the kids say you got it off tiktok and my mother said no i didn't get it off tiktok i read it in the Times." so i was like well, no one, no wonder it's completely made up. Oh, dear, such fun. So if anybody needs vast quantities of conkers, I'm your girl. I've got them all. But what else have I got for you? 
books. Yes, let's get off the the conquer chat and get on to books because I've got some brilliant books to talk to you about today. So the five books we've got um, are Alternative Aging by Susie Grant, Those People Next Door by Kia Abdullah, The Twist of the Knife by Anthony Horowitz. Can I say that properly? The Twist of the Knife by Anthony Horowitz, The Family Remains by Lisa Jewell and My Darling Daughter by J.P. Delany. Some books you'll have heard of, some books you may not. Who knows? Who cares? They're all great ones. Yeah, mainly great ones. So let me tell you, let's start with the first book. Now, Susie Grant. I I do like occasionally all the time watching things on YouTube. And I came across this person one day. I don't know how long it was, a year ago, longer. And she just brightened my day and I learned things from her. I learned, I didn't know this, that you shouldn't put foundation on your eyes. Well, I didn't know that. So that's something I learned. And I just loved her joy. And she seemed very cool. She uh, would model clothes and she looked really nice. And she just got lots of really nice stuff to say. So I was like, yeah, this is good. And then I found out she's got a book. So I was like, hmm. This is perfect. So I'm just very excited that we've got Susie Grant coming on today. This is very exciting. If you don't know who Susie Grant is, that's fine. Go on to the old YouTube. Go on to Instagram. She's huge on Instagram. And I mean, I will ask her her age, but she's early 70s. And this this woman is a legend and it's just about it's not about age I think it's good to know her age to realize that it's not about age if that makes sense um but I just think she's a powerhouse and uh, anyway let's read the blurb of this book ever wanted to turn back the clock Alternative ageing is the natural way to feel young again. Still living life to the full, Susie Grant knows the secrets of looking and feeling fabulous forever. A leading blogger and researcher into ageing, Susie has created this alternative ageing action plan to give you more energy and vitality. Inside you'll discover what foods to eat and avoid, how to keep your skin glowing, how to naturally boost your hormones, easy fitness exercises, simple stress busters and average alternative ageing day. Uh, let's do the first sentence. Oh, I've got a bookmark in there. Why have I got that in there? Oh, well, there we go. Let's take that out. Oh, I got the bookmarkings. I was marking the page. Yes. Okay. Well, there's different. There's a forward, there's an introduction. What, there's a, oh, I'm going to read the forward. In 2005, I decided to write a book on alternative ageing because I wanted to grow old gracefully, disgracefully, and most importantly, healthily. I spent my 30s working in TV as a chain-smoking, hard-drinking journalist. My 40s brought a complete change of direction when I trained and began practising as a naturopathic nutritionist and writing health books. Now, I thought it was high time to rewrite this book and add all the research and information I've learned and experienced about the ageing process in the past 10 years. I found this book really interesting. I mean, it just sort of... I, I guess I understand Susie's videos even more now I've read this book. But she's just a bit of a legend to follow and brighten up your day. And a great book to have 
as just something to go back to. I think the chapters are really good to just jump in and out of. Um, it all made sense, but it was still stuff that you were learning. And I think it's good because there might be a day where you think, oh, well, I'd like to explore this a bit more. You go to the book, there's a chapter on it. So I think, yes, if you're 20 years old, you might not be looking at a book on alternative ageing, but there's bound to be someone that you know that is. And I think there are just a lot, uh, you know, I'm certainly keen about looking at alternative ageing. I'd rather not do the ageing, but that comes with staying alive. So we'll go with alternative ageing. But anyway, I've blithered and blathered. Let's talk to Susie now. Susie Grant, amazing, wonderful Susie Grant, whose book we're going to talk about is Alternative Ageing. Welcome to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Thank you so much, Philippa. It is an absolute pleasure to meet you because we can actually see each other as well as hear each other. Yeah, just great. I mean, we're going to talk about your lovely book, but first, let's talk about you. I mean, you've had an amazing career. I used to watch you on TVAM. I found you on YouTube and your YouTube channel and Instagram. It's amazing. You've had such a career and now social media is really kicking in and you've got this whole extra career how did all that come about it is and i'm amazed you used to watch me you look way too young oh that's um, very kind but no <laughs> but so, so you know that i well basically i trained as a uh journalist um in my latter I mean I was like nearly 30 so I was a late developer I was sort of in advertising before then but on the production side so I was very used to making videos um and then I I just my father was a journalist my mother went to university for journalism so it was sort of in my genes so I went away and cut my teeth on a radio journalism course which I absolutely loved Still my best love is radio, um, which is why I'm addicted to podcasts. Um, <laughs> but then I did what they all do and um, went into the wonderful world of television. Right in the middle of my radio career, and I did um, presenting as well. I did news and weather with um, Graham Dean on The Breakfast Show. It was my absolute passion. And I remember interviewing Judy Cooper for the radio one day, I think she was one of the first celebs I interviewed, and she said, oh, darling, don't go into television. It's full of ghastly people. You're much better off in radio. And she wasn't wrong. She was not wrong. I mean, I loved my TV career. I had a wonderful, well, you saw me, I had a wonderful on-screen job. I did a year of showbiz and went abroad and interviewed people like Gloria Restefan on her private island. Um, I always hated hard news, couldn't stand knocking on someone's door when they've just lost their child and asking, how do you feel? Really, really hated it. Got away from news as much as I could into features and, um, and had a very happy career. But then you want to know how I got here. Um, it's Yes, because the book is, a, is an offshoot. So I trained as a nutritionist. We'll get into that a bit later. I had enough of television and overnights and weird hours and not being allowed to age on camera. So I went into something healthier, which we'll cover. Um, but then I retired after writing three books, um, literally bang on 60. I was lucky enough to be able to afford to, thanks to... Um, money that I had inherited, prop wise property buys, all sorts of things like that. I was very, very blessed. And um, 
two years later, no, four years later, I was so bored. I thought, I've got to do something. And I actually went full circle because my both my godchildren, when I said, um, I'm a bit bored, said, why don't you become a blogger? And it was quite, now this would have been 2004. So it was relatively Gosh, new yeah. then. Instagram wasn't huge. YouTube wasn't huge for, for influencers. Influencing I'd never even heard of. Um, and I started it as a hobby because it encompassed all my favourite things that I'd done all my life. Writing, I'd been writing all my life. Photography, I've had a passion for photography since my 20s. Um, you know, interviewing people, filming in the streets, talking to camera. So it was all very, very easy for me. And I learned the technical side very easily, um, did the odd course and obviously got help when I needed help. Um, and here we are, eight years later, really, really successful at it, which for somebody of my age, well over 60, shall I tell the listeners my real age? Go on, let's have it. Oh, seven. I hate, I hate saying my age because it puts me in a box. I'm mm. not a vulnerable 72-year-old. I prefer hashtag well over 60, meaning I'm very well and I'm well over 60. <laughs> I like that. But you're, you, you're modelling clothes. You you look fantastic. You, I mean, you really are an influencer. Forget the age. You, you're an influencer. And I love that. Well, you, it, yesterday I had to do a shoot which involved fashion with my, well, my VA who does all my you know, stuff behind the scenes, designs my web page and everything like that. And she's brilliant at photography and filming. So we met yesterday. And as we went into a crescent in Brighton, where I used to live, it's got beautiful Georgian buildings. So it's a great backdrop. We passed two young, young influencers taking photos of each other. And I couldn't resist it. So I just stopped and lowered the window and said, I just said to my friend, oh, God, more influencers are here. And they laughed and I went, it's all right, I'm an influencer too. And they just loved it. <laughs> but you can see for a split second, youngsters are really yeah, surprised. Yes, but they shouldn't be. And what I what I love about you is your your joy, your fun. It's just refreshing to find that. You know, when I see that there's a new video from you, I think, oh, yes, this is what I need. I need some Susie. And thank you for that joy that you give us. Well, thank you for that. I can't believe how many people say that I make their day and it makes them feel up because all I do is just chat like I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, but we all need a chat. and that's, Wittering, that's wittering. Get a cup <laughs> of tea oh, and let's have a witter. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the book then. I mean, it's about all the things that you can do to fight aging. And, and as you say, age is very different to aging. It, it's yes. about celebrating the age. Um, what made you want to write this book? Well, um, it's called Alternative Aging because there's no alternative, Philippa. There's just death. <laughs> um, so I wanted to call it Positive Aging, but it turned into Alternative Aging because I'm quite into alternative things you know like reflex well what the doctors call alternative things yes. like reflexology and meditation and looking after yourself um but the reason i wrote it was because i was getting very tired of the stupid hours in television and looking at my face in the camera going oh i'm going to need a facelift soon um you know it's, it's an awful business for uh women who are aging so 
um, I thought, well, I'd quite like to become a writer. Um, but because I am always as authentic as I can be, I went and trained as a nutritionist and actually spent three years training, not expecting, at the same time as working in the media, not expecting to treat patients, but just so that I had the proper knowledge. Mm. Um, my mother had died suddenly at the age of 62. I was only 42. So that was a wake-up call. That was one of the reasons I became a nutritionist. I thought... Well, she brought me up on a very healthy diet. How come she's died? Mm -hmm. It was um, basically she took no exercise, was um, heavily overweight and uh, alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So they were all things I thought, well, that's not predetermined. That was her lifestyle. I will not have yeah. the same lifestyle. I'm not going to die at 62. I will make sure I don't. And that's the other reason why I trained as a nutritionist. So A, I could write about health with some knowledge and B, because I didn't want to go the same way as my poor mum. So yeah. that's Alternative Aging is actually my third book, but was rewritten by me a couple of years ago, completely rewritten, including things like intermittent fasting, all the things that have changed in the last 12 years. So it's a, a new version of my last book and it starts with an aging quiz as well which I did very badly at I have have to admit I can't believe it <laughs> yes is there hope to change you know is it is it too late to make some changes never never that's one of my favorite hashtags on Instagram never too old never too late no of course not I mean it's a bit late for us to become ballerinas I suspect oh come or... on I've got that plan for tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well there's certain things it's too late to do I especially for me um but no it's never too late to change your lifestyle and eating habits and 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 to I want to live I don't particularly want to live longer but I do want to live healthier there's no point living to 100 if you're a, a you know you don't know what's going on and you're living in a chair and can't do anything I mean I'd rather be dead but I'd rather, you know, just be as healthy as possible without being without being extreme. I, I yes. haven't got time for extremeness. Yes, you don't walk around with drips in and all, all of that sort of thing. You're not, Certainly no. not, no, no. Or drink my own urine or anything like that. No, I mean, I, I was trained very alternatively, but I do now. I don't, I don't, I did treat patients for about five years um, before I retired, but uh, I don't treat people now. I'm not a member of an association now, so I don't. I get really angry if people call me a nutritionist because I'm not doing that anymore. Although I keep absolutely up to date with all research, thank God for podcasts and people like Dr. Chatterjee, thank God for people like him. Um, so I still have the basic knowledge. Um, and I can still talk about it with more knowledge than most, but I don't treat people. You know, you have to have a, a cut-off point. Yes, of course. And um, you cover so many different subjects in the book: hormones, food, drink, supplements, skin. Is there any chapter that's a particular priority for you? If if because we want people to get the book and read it, which is the go-to chapter? Would you say? I guess, Philippa, it depends on their age. I mean, if, if women are feeling perimenopausal, 
then the hormonal chapter, which I stand by and still stands up um, to scrutiny even now. Lifestyle is the most important one for me. I mean, I've been doing the eating, the, the healthy eating for probably most of my life because my mother was Bulgarian, so I was brought up on an incredibly healthy diet. Um, you know, we were having olive oil when olive oil was sold in the chemist for earwax. Uh, nobody put it on their food, but she had to go to the chemist to get olive oil onto our food, which is still, it's been by one of the top Im immunologists in this country. Just recently, she said that there is no other oil to equal it. You know, forget coconut oil and all the other things that people bang on about. Olive oil is the one. I can imagine all your friends are messaging you and calling you up. You're helping them with all their issues and yes and I hate it sometimes because I'm like well, I'm not really up to date anymore but I do do a lot of research and as I said listen to a huge amount of podcasts um by the right people you know people who are scientifically trained with that alternative side as well and that's what I enjoyed about the book that's not far-fetched as if this is unbelievable you know it all rings true and you just think yes this is what I can do to make a change in my life. And I love how you break down each chapter so it's easy to read. Um, was that how specifically how you wanted it to be? So it's a book that you can pick up and just dip in and out yes, on? Yes, it, it's very simplistic. And the journalist in me, um, I found it much easier to write um, than... I do, I do, I don't... I, I know you discuss with authors their process... Um, and I've done this since I was a journalist. It's always three versions. There's what I call the vomit stage, when I just throw everything down, every bit of research, everything I can back up scientifically, everything that I was trained to do, at which point I say, well, this is how I was taught. Um, then there's the first draft, and then there's the final draft, and then the editor gets hold of it. So I think that's much like a lot of your authors, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And for you, I think, well, there, with any book, there's a difference between encouraging and telling people. Yes. And I think it, that's what comes across with you and in your uh, YouTube channel as well. You are, you're not telling, you're not taking a headmistress role. You're a friend, you're encouraging us. That's exactly it. And that's how I helped people, real people in my clinics, you know, which which were in London and Sussex and all over. It's no good. You you can't expect people to leave. You know, I've got a nutritionist myself now. And she said, you know, how about you give up drinking? And I hardly drink at all because it affects my sleep so badly so I'm very very lightweight drink very very little and she said why don't you try absolutely no alcohol for three months and I'm like don't be ridiculous it's August it's yeah. party time and festival time <laughs> and I might do a month I'm actually doing three weeks now September easy but you know I I always try and put my real life hat on and be mm. as authentic as possible and that's why I've always said in my books Eighty you percent know, as much as you can do. Twenty percent, jolly well enjoy yourself. We're only here once. Quite right. Uh, and I'm just interested about social media. You know, we all have ups and downs of being on social media. I've always been very, very disciplined. Um, you have to be disciplined to write books. There is no harder discipline, as you well know. 
So I guess I've taken that over into my work in social media. I have exactly the same sort of timetable, except I'm so much older that it's changed a lot. Well, I, I wake up much earlier than I used to. I have to start the day, which is part of the health regime, with a 10-minute walk with Doggy, literally round the block up a steep hill with no sunglasses on to get sunlight. I'm sure I've written this in the book. Sunlight into your eyes to get eye, um, light into your eyes, whether the sunlight or not. Um, and it resets your body clock and your circadian rhythms. So I always start the day with that. And then I'm straight back to bed with my first cup of coffee doing my work. And that's the way I've always worked. I did that when I was writing books. I'd go for a walk and then do at least three hours of total when it's quiet and peaceful and then I stop you know and then I do exercise I do an exercise class or um and that's why social media is really helpful because you come across things amongst the noise you know I came across this great guy who was doing how to wake your body up in the morning so I started doing that while I was boiling the kettle um so one feeds the other i hope i'm helping people but people are also helping me and it seems like you're oh, it sounds a bit glib to say it, but you're always happy you're always bright is that is that part of your attitude that do what brings you joy i think so i think if i stopped enjoying it i would stop doing it i never went into social media to earn money and Frankly, now, in these uncertain times, not knowing how much my fuel bills are going to be, yes. I'm really grateful that I've got an extra stream of, of money coming in. Like everyone, it's mm. going to be really tough. Um, but if I stopped enjoying it, I'd turn down an awful lot of work. If it doesn't ring true, I'm really authentic. If it's not something I would genuinely wear or genuinely buy, I mean, there are obviously a few exceptions within a range of clothes. I'm not going to love everything. But um, yeah. I put one up this week on Instagram, a pink dress from Sainsbury's that cost people 11 quid. And I'm like, this is a really pretty dress. I genuinely love this dress. And it's not an ad. So... Yeah. You know, if all the clothes are revolting or the food is full of additives or it's junk food, I can't tell you how many cereal brands I've turned down. Um, you know, if they don't fit into my health regime, then I'll say no. And I have to say no. You know, if, if the skin products are full of parabens, you know, it's, it's all the things I've written about in the book. I cannot be authentic, put a book out there and then completely ignore what I'm advising other people to do does that make sense oh gosh completely and and i just wonder what what impact do you want the book to have on people's lives just, if you could choose just to to do i mean that's why i think the chapters are quite helpful just to do you know sit down on the loo and read a few pages and think like the getting out first thing in the morning and getting light into your eyeballs um, jumping on on a rebounder I'm, I'm now building up to trying to get up to once an hour three minutes of bouncing to loud music because it's so good for you I think what I'm trying to do is to help all women over 50 you look too young um <laughs> well over 50 um over 60 and beyond to not be depressed about great 
getting older to not worry about their health, to do all they can. There is so much that we can do that I want to share without it being a, you know, a lecture. Um, that's that's all I want to do to make just little tiny little nuggets. I love sound bites. That's the way I was trained in journalism. So I will always find a sound bite to pass on to people. I'm really into cold water therapy at the moment and I got in my pond today. So it's the second time. Yeah, it's the second time since Saturday. And I thought, oh, crikey, it's got colder. But I only do a minute. And then again, through Instagram, um, I've met this wonderful woman who's doing a Wim Hof um, days retreat, literally down the road in Hove. And I was heartbroken because um, I didn't book when there were spaces left. I literally left at 12 hours. By the time I got back, she'd sold out. So... Mm-hmm. I sent her a message on on Instagram and so she's going to keep me in the loop. And today she saw my pond activity and she actually said, um, do DM me and I'll send you some, uh, uh, you know, basically some instructions on how to do it for the winter. So that's where that's where social media is very useful. If you've got something in common, it can't. I know the most popular things that I do involve clothes and styling. I know that, but it's a bit sad, isn't it? I think health should be as important. You know, forget what I'm wearing. What am I doing to be this lively? I feel so good because I haven't drunk for days. You know, I'm not suggesting everybody do that, but it doesn't hurt for three weeks once a year. (laughs) And my last question has to be, you know, what next? Is there another book? Is there... Are there more plans? Are you taking Ooh. over the world? What? Ooh, ooh! I don't know, <laughs> Philippa. I, I'm very. Listen, I think time is so uncertain at the mo- moment. You know, I used to. I had my lovely Instagram, YouTube job. I used to go to Australia every winter for between one and three months. Um, and then COVID came along and I'm going for the first time because my aunt's really, um, she's 96, so I need to get out there and see her. I want to see my many friends that I've got out there. It was like my second home. It's now twice as expensive to fly, twice as expensive for accommodation. And I know I won't be able to keep doing that. And it's too far. So I've ch- and my dog is 15 and what's going to happen when he's gone and am I going to downsize? So do you know what? I'm not making any plans. I'm going to go with the flow. And everyone I know at the moment is feeling in that same space. We don't know what the future's bringing. Um, Do you agree? It sounds really depressing to end on. But all I know is that I've got to be as positive as possible for my mental health as as well as helping other people. Um, And I think I'm just going with the flow. I don't know. I'm going to get as fit as possible. Um, in the next year or so, I'm upping all of that and um, just poodle along and look after myself, look after my mental health, look after my physical health mm. and have lovely treats with great friends and loved ones. Oh, that that sounds great. I've just finished watching a video of you at a festival that was uh, amazing. And uh, yeah, you, you made me start oh. dancing just watching oh. you. I. I think you're incredible. So Susie Grant, whose book is called Alternative Aging, 
Thank you so very oh, much. I'm so thrilled to hear that. I have to add, I can't do the three-day festival anymore. We reached our <laughs> limits that weekend. We both said, can't do that this next year. So there is a limit when it comes to age. <laughs> Still to come, one author answers five questions in five minutes and the three more book reviews. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right, you lovely lot. Let's get on to the next book, which is Those People Next Door by Kia Abdullah. Welcome to your dream home. Salma Catton is extremely hopeful about Blenheim, the safe suburban development to which she, her husband and their son have just moved. Not long after they move in, Salma spots Tom, her neighbour, ripping out the anti-racist banner her son put in their front garden. She chooses not to confront him because she wants to fit in. So Salma takes the banner inside and puts it in her window instead. But the next morning, she wakes up to find her window smeared with paint. This time she does confront Tom and the battle lines between the two families are drawn. As things escalate and the stakes become higher, it's clear that a reckoning is coming and someone is going to get hurt. Let's do first sentence. Chapter one. 
Salma had always sworn that she would never end up in a place like this. It's a bit like purgatory, she had joked, when they first came to see the house in a harried half hour before work one morning. The estate agent, a hawkish woman with a watchful gaze, had herded them from room to room, and Salma had murmured politely, even commenting on this and that lovely feature, as she and Bilal locked eyes, amusement passing between them. Oh, gosh, Kia really can write these books. They're just, you know, so uncomfortable to read because you know that things are going to get worse, but you're just gripped by it. And then the added element of the courtroom drama just makes it more intriguing. So let's go and talk to Kia now. Kia Abdullah, whose latest fabulous book is Those People Next Door. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back, Philippa. It's very good to have you back. Your first question, can you describe your book for us in less than a minute? Okay, in Those People Next Door, we meet Salma, a teacher who has just moved with her family to a safe suburban development in the outer reaches of London. In her first week there, on her way home, she sees her next door neighbour, Tom, who's a bit of an alpha male, pulling out the Black Lives Matter banner that her son put in a plant pot. And she chooses not to confront him, but then she catches him doing it again. And this time she does confront him and that ignites hostilities between the two families. And it's got this wonderful courtroom drama in it as well that you're always, you know, so good at. And I love that element. Thank you. Thank you so much. The next question, who were your favourite major and minor characters in the book? Oh, God, yeah, because it's a bit of an ensemble, isn't it? You know, you've got two couples and then you've got their sons who become friends, Jamie and Zane. So my favourite major character, I mean, I suppose Salma is the main character in a way, but I really loved writing Willa, who is the wife of the of Tom, the other couple, um, just because, you know, you often see the kind of spoiled little rich girl archetype. Um, so I had fun playing with her, but I also wanted to give her a little bit of a conscience as well. And so I really enjoyed drawing that out. And in terms of minor character, I mean, I suppose Jamie, her son, is more a major than a minor character. But in the context of the novel, he's 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 more of a minor character. And I enjoyed writing him. Um, he has a hearing impairment and uh, he, he's loosely modelled on my sister who has a hearing Im- impairment. And he's he's just a sweet boy. And I really loved kind of getting to know Jamie and introducing him to readers. That's interesting that that's the family connection as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in this day and age, if, you know, I think novelists have a little bit of nervousness around writing a character that they don't have lived experience of. Um, and I know another author who has has a, has a character with a hearing impairment in her book, and she really thought carefully about whether it was her place to write that character or not. But I did feel, because it's in my family, um, and I have first-hand experience of it, I felt a little bit more comfortable writing Jamie. It felt to me as if it's a book that's been sort of brewing inside you for a while, that there was there was stuff you needed to say. Yeah, because as with all my novels, you know, it, it's a courtroom drama, it's a thriller, and I hope that it's a page turner, but it does explore some deeper themes as well, you know, such as racial tension in modern Britain. Now I say racial tension, but how can you know for sure that tension between neighbours is indeed racial? 
And that's part of what I explore in the novel. You know, it, it asks what happens when you dare to rise above your station and it explores the loss of innocence, really. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, the next question is, what do you want us to feel as we're reading this book? Oh, OK. So I want you to feel a creeping unease because... I think we can all imagine living next door to people that we don't get on with. And there's that level of negotiation that you have to do with yourself. Do I stand up for myself? Do I speak out? Do I confront them? Or do I just resign myself to, you know, subservience for fear of retaliation? And, you know, and that can be something as simple as somebody leaving their bin in front of your house instead of their house you know which used to happen to me um and you don't say anything because it's just not worth it but then when does it become worth it and so that's that's the kind of major thing I want want you to feel but I also want you to think about you know that space in between you know as I said racial tension but what if it's just normal tension you know that there's there are lots you know living next door to somebody that you don't get on with that's just ripe for tension isn't it and that's not always racial and and so I want you to engage with those issues as well and it did make me think about when you look around a house you're not, you shouldn't just be looking at the house you need to mm. look yes at the area but the neighbor you know is the are, how are you going to all get on and you need to almost interview them before you move in well I mean that's the that's the kind of log line on the proof isn't it you know you can choose your house but you can't choose your neighbours and and you are indeed stuck with them you know and can you imagine your heart sinking the first night you move in and there's pounding music next door and you think oh my god do I have to live with this for for the rest of my life and so yeah I, I thought it was just ripe for high drama <laughs> I love it um the next question what food and drink did you consume when you were writing this particular book <laughs> it's funny you ask that because I'm sure I, I shared a post once on Instagram saying you know writing a book is 50% graft you know 30% a good editor and 20% java cakes um <sighs> and <laughs> a good friend of mine gave me one of one of the best pieces of advice which I've ever received, which is uh, a portion size of Jaffa cakes isn't one Jaffa cake. It's it's clearly a box. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, portions of Jaffa cakes is is what I consumed of most. I mean, it was hard because this, in a way, is my pandemic novel, you know. And so I was in the thick of the pandemic. I was in Yorkshire, so I wasn't in my hometown where I grew grew up. You know, I'm back in London now. Um, and it, I was just isolated on several levels because even when we were coming out of lockdowns, I, it wasn't easy for me to see my family because I was up there. And I, uh, you know, I've already had people say that comes through in the novel, the claustrophobia of where they live, you know, this ostensibly safe suburban development. You know, there's huge amounts of brick, all the houses look the same. Um, and so I think that probably came through in the book a little bit of what I was feeling in the middle of the pandemic. So Jaffa Cakes were what helped you get, get through? Basically, Jaffa Cakes, yes. <laughs> uh, and I understand the theory about a box of Jaffa Cakes. You wouldn't have one segment of orange. No. So why have what just one Jaffa exactly. Cake? It makes no sense. And what drink were you drinking while you were writing this in Yorkshire, you know, isolated? I mean, there was a dangerous habit developing of oh you know a glass of wine in the evening would be nice um but I think that was just a universal theme as well so many people I think just <laughs> began to consume industrial quantities of alcohol so just red wine is is my drink of choice excellent very good the last question what's been the most memorable moment so far in your writing career oh um 
I mean, it would have to be holding the hardback of Take It Back, my first novel, in my hands for the first time. And it was funny because I was giving a talk in Waterstones, um, not to the public, it's um, industry professionals and so on. And HarperCollins arranged it to for me to introduce my book to, to these booksellers. Um, and the sales director at HQ, which is my imprint, thought I had seen it before. And she kind of just handed it to me. And oh, oh, here you go, you know, like two minutes before my talk. And it was quite an emotional moment. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the first time I've seen it. And she was like, I didn't realise, you know. So we had like a little celebration. And then, you know, I had to go on stage and introduce it. But I think that was probably the most memorable moment. Wow. And all these things authors have to go through that us readers are unaware of, all these stages, even when you, you think writing the book is, is the big thing but there's so many more stages and as you say then pitching to booksellers there's all sorts that you have to to do absolutely because you know as you know Philippa I mean you probably get sent so many proofs every every week um you know that I think I believe there are 15,000 books being released every month and so for your one to stand out you know there's so much you do have to do um and often books sink or swim based on based on the winds you know and and publishers do everything they can and and I suppose that's why word of mouth is so important and why I'm grateful for people like you, you know, and bloggers and, and, and writers and booksellers out there who, you know, share each other's work and share books. And, and it's just a really great ecosystem. And I'm just really proud to be part of it. Well, we love books. We love authors. So Kia Abdullah, whose latest book is Those People Next Door. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Philippa. Take care. Right. We've got three books to get through and I'm aware that time's moving on. So I'm going to be brief. The, the next book is called The Twist of the Knife by Anthony Horowitz. This is one in the series of Anthony writing with the ex-detective Daniel Hawthorne. They're really interesting because the author stars in them, but they are fiction and I just love it. It just takes it to another level. I also listened to it on audiobook and this series, are, they're just cracking on audiobook. So if you're an audio fan, do listen there. Here's the blurb. Our deal is over. That's what reluctant author Anthony Horowitz tells ex-detective Daniel Hawthorne in an awkward meeting. The truth is that Anthony has other things on his mind. His new play, Mind Game, is about to open in London's vaudeville theatre. Not surprisingly, Hawthorne declines a ticket. On opening night, Sunday Times critic Harriet Throsby gives the play a savage review, focusing particularly on the writing. The next morning she is found dead, stabbed in the heart with an ornamental dagger, which, it turns out, belongs to Anthony and which has his fingerprints all over it. Anthony is arrested, charged with Throsby's murder, thrown into prison and interrogated. Alone and increasingly desperate, he realises only one man can help him. But will Hawthorne take his call? Let's do first sentence. Yes, so chapter one, separate ways. I'm sorry, Hawthorne, but the answer's no. Our deal is over. I hated arguing with Hawthorne. It wasn't just that I invariably lost. He managed to make me feel bad about even trying to win. I love this book. I... I enjoyed the sort of theatrical element to it as well and the different characters. Just Anthony Horowitz just knows how to write a story, how to write a crime. You've got your views on who's done it and the pressure just builds and builds and then you find out at the end who did it, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. It just plays out exquisitely. It really is. I mean, ugh, I just, if I could write like Anthony Horowitz... 
I'd be a happy gal. Uh, but anyway, e exceptional, excellent book. Highly, highly recommend The Twist of the Knife, Anthony Horowitz. Next, we come on to The Family Remains by Lisa Jewell. Now, this is the follow up to a book that uh, Lisa had written that was very well known, very popular. It's called The Family Upstairs, rave reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, but people raved about it so much and Lisa still had some thoughts about the characters that she decided to write a follow up. Now, we know sometimes follow ups work wonderfully well and sometimes they don't. So what did I think of this one? Well, let me read you the, the blurb first. D.I. Samuel Arusso quickly sends the bag for forensic examination. The bones are those of a young woman killed by a blow to the head many years ago. Also, inside the bag are the seeds of a rare tree, which lead D.I. Arusso to a mansion in Chelsea, where nearly 30 years previously, three people lay dead in a kitchen while a baby waited upstairs for someone to pick her up. Four deaths, an unsolved mystery and a family whose secret history is darker than anyone can imagine. And the first sentence, prologue, June 2019. Jason Mott? Yes, here, that's me. I stare down at the young man who stands below me ankle deep in the mud of the banks of the Thames. He has sandy hair that hangs in curtains on either side of a soft freckled face. He's wearing knee-high rubber boots and a khaki gilet with multiple pockets and is surrounded by a circle of gawping people. I go to him, trying to keep my shoes away from the mud. This is a this is a good book. Um, there is nothing wrong with it. I think the problem is that the first book was so good that our expectations were so high, and uh, this book couldn't possibly reach that level because we we already know what happened with that with the family, what the story was. And it, this book worked in many ways. I thought it was an interesting read. I listened to it, some of it on audiobook, and that, that was quite a good way to listen to it. Yeah, it's a difficult one because if you read it on your own, on its own, maybe if you hadn't read the first book, you might enjoy it more. I just think when it's not a series, but just a follow-on to a standalone, it, you're setting out for for difficult times. The book is good. It's a good read. Um, it's just not as wow as the first one. But maybe it's not supposed to be wow. Maybe it's just supposed to be, uh-huh. Who knows? <laughs> and I said these were going to be quick. Anyway, last one, My Darling Daughter by J.P. Delany. I love this author. Well, I don't love, I don't know the author. I love the books that this author writes. I always find them intriguing. The the blurb sort of hooks me straight away. I can jump in and I can read it and just immerse myself in whichever weird world they're presenting. And this is another weird world. So here we go. Out of the blue, Susie Jukes is contacted on social media by Anna, the child she gave up for adoption 15 years ago. When they meet, Anna's home life sounds distinctly strange to Susie and her husband Gabe. And when Anna's adoptive parents seem to overreact to the fact she contacted them at all, Susie becomes convinced that Anna needs her help. But is Anna's own behaviour simply what you'd expect from someone recovering from a traumatic childhood? Or are there other secrets at play here? Secrets Susie has also been hiding for the last 15 years. Ooh, yes, what a book. Okay, chapter one. Gabe, it all starts with a message on social media. 
in itself, that's not unusual. Susie gets at least a dozen of those every day, more if she has a gig coming up or the band have just streamed a new track. She usually lets a few accumulate, then sits down and answers them in one go. Hi, thanks for getting in touch. We love hearing what people think about our music. But this one's different. This is like someone's just ripped off her skin and exposed a 15-year-old wound. Ah, I love the premise of it. I jumped right in. I love the journey. I was kept glued. I wanted to find out what happened. Did I get angry with the characters in the book? Yes, I did. Did I feel that my... uh, that that you have to sort of suspend your your disbelief and just go with it? Uh, Does it mean I will not buy this author's books again? No, I absolutely will. It did deliver. I just think with this author, each time I expect more and more. And that's really hard to do. I think it's it's a thoroughly decent book. Uh, is it is it their best? For me, no, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and it was one I could just jump into. And I think that's sometimes what we want from a book. Sometimes we want a book that we have to, you know, get into and chew thoroughly. And others, you just want something, you just want a protein shake. Actually, I've never had a protein shake in my life, so I don't know why I'm saying that. But yeah, sometimes you just want a, I'm trying to think what this would be. Sometimes you just want a toasted sandwich. You don't want the steak meal. And this for me was a toasted sandwich. It delivered. It met my expectations. At the end, was I like, oh, was that Michelin star? No, it wasn't. But was it good? Yes. (laughs) This is... I'm sorry. I'm going to go away and have some caffeine because I think that's what I need. And uh, I just need to make sure I don't fall over the load of conkers that we've now got in the house. Would you like some conkers? Please let me know if you do, because we have a lot. Anyway, that's your lot. So what books have we covered today? We have covered Alternative Ageing by Susie Grant. And Susie very kindly came on to talk to us all about the book and just her wonderful wonderful content. She's great. Then we talked to Kia Abdullah about those people next door and Kia very kindly answered five questions in five minutes. I also reviewed The Twist of the Knife by Anthony Horowitz, The Family Remains by Lisa Jewell and My Darling Daughter by J.P. Delany. That's your lot. Oh my goodness, I've got some great authors to talk to you about next week. Can't wait. So just look after yourselves and I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.